Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Hello, chickens. This is the fabulous Adam Richard, and I have a theory. Oh, hello, chickens. Uh, still talking about Curse of the Black Spot, um, the Matt Smith episode with the <laughs> with Captain Crawley. Um, <laughs> uh, now, I've had a massive email from Paul. Paul uh, was very disappointed uh, that I did not love the, you know, the waning years of uh, Moffat that I kind of almost jumped off board watching Doctor Who during uh, Capaldi until... I was dragged kicking and screaming back into watching it because it was my job. Because uh, <laughs> I went and worked on Avians. Um, and he sent me a whole bunch of emails, which I want to get to because he's kind of done this massive pricey of what's been going on in the Moffat era, the links between seasons and episodes and everything that links backwards and forwards. Um, so, of course, he's very excited that I'm doing uh, a Matt Smith Moffat story. Uh, and has sent me a huge email about Curse of the Black Spot. So, let's get into it. He says, pros, five minutes in, Eleven is lapping up his impending demise off a plank, Um, which, you know, the Doctor on a plank, great. And also, you know, what a great, given where this sits in the season, we've just seen him die. We've just seen him be killed during regeneration. Um, You know, in the two episodes previous. So, him kind of being all lackadaisical about his death on the plank is like, yeah, you don't know what's coming for you. Um, Amy back to her kissogram outfit days. Yes, the f- first time we see Amy uh, in season five, she's dressed as a policewoman, but she's not a policewoman, she's a kissogram. And here she is doing cosplay again, um, which she's great at. And she looks amazing in an outfit. Like Karen Gillan just, you know, has amazing stature, like looks incredible in a thousand different things. And I think she's, you know, I think she's really engaging. Like I kind of love her. It's, has anyone seen the Jumanji movies? She's so much fun. Like they're fun movies. The one with Aquafina channeling Danny DeVito is possibly my favorite thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like Muppet Treasure Island. It is crazy and silly and makes no sense. And it's got, um, what's her name? The, the dog from... <laughs> From Game of Thrones. It is just, it's mad. Uh, a sailor using an actual firearm adds to the atmosphere. Um, okay, Groovy, very Scooby-Doo. 
<laughs> Loving these pros. Um, the siren makes an impressive entrance, eerie voice and vicious looking touch. The transition when Amy counteracts is a cracker. <laughs> uh, the TARDIS actually picking up the spaceship's distress call through the temporal rift was a nice twist on what was assumed at the beginning. Yeah, because they've turned up and they said, oh, we've heard that you're in distress. And it's like, you know... They don't really explain how they know the the ship's in distress, but then, oh, obviously, that spaceship that's attached to the, the seafaring vessel was the one that was in distress. Um, the patient room takes me back to a coma with Michael Douglas. Oh, I don't think I've seen that one. Um, I've seen some movies called Coma. There's a lot of them. Uh, cons. Rory trying to catch a sword midair. Oh, yeah, Rory. Uh, the doctor could have just lifted the lid on the barrel. Didn't need to sonic it. I know. That's a little... But you kind of go... It's, I reckon that was just something that happened in the moment. Um, he's just gone... Although, did he maybe... Maybe there was a scene cut where he locked all of the barrels so that the, you know... The creature couldn't get out of the reflections. I don't know. Maybe he'd pre-sonicked it and we just didn't see that scene. Who knows? Um, uh, Other con that uh, Paul says is the anticlimactic nature to the big bad does ruin the episode as a monster of the week adventure. Um, Yeah. And I kind of found that with, you know, there were a couple of uh, the Jodie Whittaker episodes where it turned out there wasn't a giant evil. There was just a misunderstanding. And it kind of makes you go, oh, oh, is that all? Is that all there is? Same with um, Twice Upon a Time, the final Peter Capaldi story, where it seems like, you know, there's so much going on. There's these glass people. Bill's a glass person. They've got to go and see the Dalek. Like, there's heaps happening. The first Doctor's there. And then you find out that there's been no kind of malicious intent. It's just been an accident. Uh in the very far future and it's it's a nice thing and it's kind of like kind of pulls the rug out from under you uh and you're like well what what was everyone running and screaming about if the doctor had just stayed still for two minutes and asked a question all of this could have been avoided so yeah it's i i totally get that um but yeah it's it's yeah it's fine We'll, we'll, we'll live. <laughs> There's like 800 episodes of Doctor Who. They, don't, they can't all be gems. Um, Paul goes on, As with Legend of the Sea Devils, the pre-credit sequence sets up the setting characters and the mystery ahead. The black spot is such a simple way to ramp up the tension. After watching heaps of 13 recently, I can really see the qualities she doesn't have. 11 is fluid with his overindulgence in movements and portrayal of the script. I'd describe 13 as scratching your nails on a chalkboard. Well, look, it's not for everybody. Uh, Amy and Rory aren't just tag-alongs and in the way during this outing. There's enough for them to do without encroaching on the Doctor and story. I enjoy the Captain as I see an underlying pain in his choice of lifestyle. There are many parallels between Avery and the Doctor. Both are wise, old in age, but more importantly, they have a care for others despite the lifestyles they both live. Oh, that's an interesting take. Um... The Siren is a fantastic villain for three quarters of this episode, but then she isn't. Uh, Though I enjoy the twist by the end and its subsequent explanations, it does deflate the tension built up. The next episode, The Doctor's Wife does have a massive nostalgic nature to it, though it ensures that whatever is built up doesn't collapse by the end. In fact, it does the exact opposite. The snippets of Madame Kavarian, uh, Rory's death and Amy's pregnancy mystery don't interfere with the story, but add the reminder that there's more going on than just some fun on a ship. Um, the actual science fiction parts of this episode are played out well. The Doctor minimises his use of the Sonic, plenty of sci-fi lingo while he's explaining to Avery the TARDIS controls, a stalled TARDIS due to it believing space isn't where it should be, 
neat that the siren identified this as a sickness and retrieved the TARDIS to its bay. Uh, the way the Doctor explains why there are two ships occupying the same sp- space, similarities to the girl in the fireplace. Yes, indeed. Very similar. Um, the soundtrack is enjoyable and makes it feel like a pirate story. Murray Gold has a knack of creating attention-grabbing themes that complement exactly what's on screen. Listen very carefully when the ponds are off to bed as in between all the TARDIS sounds is a season-wide theme that fills your mind while Eleven is trying to understand what he's seeing. Oh, because he's looking at the pregnancy thing. I love this stuff and throughout Eleven's time, we're privileged to get many of these instances. Sadly, 13's era for me has none of this. Also, I love all the constant TARDIS sounds, whether it's short-lived Cloister Bell Dong, stalled TARDIS or all the little quirky blips. I love TARDIS noises too. I got to say, I do love... Sagan Akinola's music, like I like listening to it um, without watching the show. Um, but Murray Gold's music, I find kind of too bombastic to listen to on its own. I mean, I went to the concert, I saw the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra play the music, and it was fun. Um, but it just feels so big and overwhelming. It's kind of like whereas Sagan Akinola's music, I kind of like it feels atmospheric. It's like it's really good for spooky. Like, when Doctor Who is spooky, his music really works. Um, whereas I find Murray Gold's music is kind of like, there's a spooky thing happening! Um, <laughs> uh, the Everybody Lives conclusion to the episode, Paul says, is acceptable as what we thought were deaths weren't. It's much better than what happens in Knock Knock. Oh, yeah, Knock Knock was... Uh, uh. Uh, the sailors living out their time in the sea of space is a sci-fi fan's dream. I know, I want to see more piratey people in space. It's fun. Uh, one other thing I've pointed out that happens during many of 13's episode is a constant theme rehashed over and over. Uh, during the episode to the point of it getting on your nerves. Eleven has an example of this when he keeps misreading the siren's motives. However, it's written well enough that it's noticeable but not detracting. Uh, in this instance, Eleven's bubbly self-deprecating nature pays it off. Thirteen, uh, for me, has never found her feet. So more often than not, these script choices collapse for Jodie. Um, some episodes feel out of place in a season. I believe this one was in the correct spot. Season six has a huge underlying story, so you need one off strategically placed. Purely viewing this as a standalone episode does work, but the hints at more to come wouldn't make sense. Uh, I never found anyone on screen frustrating and or overplaying their roles. Well cast and right amount of characters on screen. There's enough here to warrant future watches, though it would fit better in a complete season rewatch. Yeah, but who's got time? <laughs> Um, this episode follows, in my opinion, a cracking two-part season opener, The Impossible Astronaut and Day of the Moon. At the conclusion to the latter, we see a young melody pond slash river song begin the regeneration process in an alley. This is one of many ripping cliffhanger moments throughout the season. However, just like how Praxius doesn't pick up immediately on the revelations in Fugitive of the Jadoon, it's slightly unfortunate we get a standalone story. Though a little breathing room can be good, especially with plenty of timey-wimey in future episodes. Uh, the writer Stephen Thompson has two other Doctor Who scripts alongside this one, Journey to the Centre of the TARDIS, which we've done and I enjoyed as a standalone, not needing all the ongoing Clara stuff, and Time Heist. Oh, I like that one too. Uh, these episodes, I doubt, will make any top ten lists as all three have intriguing concepts and setups, but all stumble in their respective conclusions. Um... 
Yeah, they all do have a kind of like a weird sort of, oh, it's finished now. You know what I like about Time Heist? It's got Keely Hawes and uh, Old Mate from Bridgerton. Um, what is interesting is both this and Legend of the Sea Devils are approximately 45 minutes each. This episode, however, I think pays off better. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, and In a Good Man Goes to War, Avery and Toby make a short appearance. I know, because I watched that one for the Flight Through Entirety podcast. Um, speaking of which, uh, the episode that came out... Last week, uh, or the week before, um, is about Chris Chibnall's episode, The Power of Three, uh, from the seventh series of Doctor Who. So, uh, you can listen to me joining in on that. Plus, I'm also in an episode of the Big Squid podcast, but I'll talk about that more in the next episode. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.